of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. Welcome everyone to episode 202 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek and we have survived a wild 2019 NBA trade deadline. So today, much like everyone else on the internet, we're going to walk through the big winners and losers of the deadline in the days leading up to it. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. Mort, how many hours of sleep did you get last night? Uh, I am at 11 hours over the past four days. Wow. Yeah. I'm so at, you survived. Yeah, I'm at five last night, and I thought that was bad. But oh, good. that's... That's that is glorious. Yeah. That's a good number. Yeah. I would kill for that. Yeah, I I was up until three a.m. last night making like yeah. serial killer style charts to figure out how screwed the Sixers are financially moving forward. It was great. Yeah, I, I saw. I <laughs> I was I, I I had a feeling like I could just imagine you sitting like and doing them in crayon initially yeah. before you actually went into the computer. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun time in Excel at two in the morning. <laughs> well, I mean, look, rather than that. Than just being on, don't get me wrong, because where I am at, like being on US time is not great. Right. <laughs> like right. In, in this manner, in this capacity. Mm-hmm. So I, I basically tried to be awake and then kind of calculate my way forward in, in terms of Voge. Yeah. Like, all right, Voge at some point will have to sleep. He is human, <laughs> right? No. Like, <laughs> clearly not. And I'm just, just kind of like, okay, now it's like 4 a.m. In, in Denmark, like, okay, like, maybe the market is that close, obviously, oh, but, right, like, may, right, right. maybe, and then if, if I get, like, three or four hours, then maybe, you know, you'll get a late deal, you can just pick it up, like, oh, this strategy, now I can just kick back, relax a little bit until the entire month of June, that yeah. is, for, for the draft, right. and then, yeah. Yeah, so, let's just get into it, let's start with some winners, I think, because we want to stay positive. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> and I think there are a lot of clear ones. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start with let, the Eastern Conference arms race that Philly set off on Tuesday That night? was epic. Yeah, Oh, man. that was so epic. Like, the Milwaukee Bucks getting Nikola Mirotic without giving up a single first-round pick. They gave up. Mm-hmm. So that they had traded, in theory, Thonmaker for Stanley Johnson on Wednesday. But they didn't actually officially complete that deal. Turned it into a three-teamer. So right. the Bucks are getting Miritich. Don Maker's going to Detroit. 
Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, and four future first or second round picks, sorry, are going to the Pelicans. It was the 2019 second from Denver, 2020 and 2021 from Washington, and 2020 from Milwaukee. All of that going to the Pelicans. Yep. I, I mean, that might be the single most impactful deal made at the deadline. I, 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 I think it was a win-win. Yeah. Really. I mean, look, Nico was probably going to leave anyway. Oh yeah. So from, from from the Pelicans' perspective, to get that many draft picks, yeah, you know, and a roll of the dice with Stalin Johnson, I mean, you know, yeah, you have a lot of intel on him, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, he could flourish in a different system. He's only played for one team, sure. so he could pick something up. And of course, from Milwaukee, I mean, look, this is a team that just kind of bought into the whole three point mentality coming into the year, thanks to Mike Budenholzer, mm-hmm. and now you have one of the most dynamic three-point shooting power forwards in the entire league, who is by far, you know, one of the most confident shooters you have. Even And that's, like, not even taking positions into account, but overall, Nico is extremely confident in (laughs) taking the free ball. Perhaps to a fault. Perhaps to a fault, but I I will say that recently it seems like he's actually gotten a hold of the percentage play and and, and it's it's more efficient and more assertive. Mm -hmm. Like, he's in his prime. Yeah. Like, let's not forget that, and he should just feed off so well um, off of Giannis and, yeah. and and Middleton as well. Like that's a very competent trio, right? Yeah, I mean, I think what I like about it is it just gives them so much flexibility now, because mm. you could now you can downsize with Giannis at the five, and do Nico Middleton Brogdon and Bledsoe, and yep. I don't I don't know how you defend that. And then also, if teams decide to play off of Bledsoe, he's a 31% three-point shooter this year. Okay, now you go you go the other direction, and you put Brogdon at the point, and you have Middleton, Giannis, Miritich, Brooke Lopez. And again, it's mm-hmm. the same problem. All of those guys can drill threes. Like, they, well, without, outside of Giannis, but the oh, thing yeah. is, you can't really stop Giannis either way. Like, right. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Giannis, either way, is going to be flanked by four potential three-pointers... Bledsoe right. is more of a theoretical three-pointer. But, like, mm. now now they can go big or small. You need that versatility in the playoffs. Now, I mean, now it seems like this is, like, the perfect counter to what Boston was likely to throw at them. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I was looking this up last night. The They ha- already had, before this trade, the 11th biggest margin of victory of any team in NBA history. So now you're adding Nico Miritich without taking away a single important rotation player to a team that's already been annihilating teams by more than 10 points per game. Wow. So Yeah, okay. Yeah. So So before you go into the Raptors deal, uh-huh. because obviously we're going to go into that, just, yeah. just, let's stick with the Bucks. Okay. Are they a favorite right now? Are they well, the favorite? I was going to I was going to ask you that question once we get through all of the Eastern Conference teams because I, I want to like re- reorder the East at least the top. Oh, you you want to build it? You want to build it up? I want to get to 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 the dessert immediately. Okay, fine. Yeah. So fine. yeah, let's slide into Toronto because they are. I would say they're a clear winner too. They get mm-hmm. Mark Gasol. They gave up Jonas Valanciunas, Delon Wright, C.J. Miles, and a 2024 second round pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about. You know, some variation of this deal before. Yeah. And I get that Gasol is old right. and that he's not going to last forever. 
Yep. He's probably on the downside of his career and all that, but he is still wildly, wildly influential mm-hmm. on the game mm-hmm. from a defensive perspective, from an offensive perspective. Like, he's a passing hub. He can shoot. Like, he, he is a souped-up version of Valanciunas. He is right. like the... Imagine the very best case of the career path of Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. And then add another 15%. That's Marcus All. Right. Sirat Zoe of uh, Yahoo Sports, she had a great line last night, and I'm probably going to botch it because I read it at 3 in the morning, but it was something like, <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas, li- or Marcus All lives at Jonas Valanciunas' ceiling. Something like that, which is exactly what you oh, said. Oh, that is, yeah, exactly. That's, like, a, that's a good one. Yeah, like they've been trying to get Jonas Valanciunas to like become a more modernized five Marcus Saul had already completed that process. Maybe just the freedom now of Valanciunas in Memphis yeah. actually frees him up a yeah. little bit more. Like I, I don't hate this deal for Memphis either. That's more than I thought Memphis was going to get from Marcus Saul, especially oh, yeah, given no, no, no. like you know the rumor that was coming out about Charlotte, and it sounded like they were just going to give up. I think the terms I saw were Biombo, MKG, and a lottery protected first round pick. Mm. Like I'd rather take the flyer on Valanciunas and Delon Wright. Yeah, I I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. So clear winner for the Raptors as well, because now much like uh, the Bucks, the Raptors also now have more versatility. Like I don't think they necessarily had Valanciunas is a big bruiser, but he's not going to stretch you out consistently to the three point line. Gasol can give you both. So now. I mean, I'm really interested to see what the Raptors do with their starting lineup. Because, like, they, I mean, their starting five has a net rating of plus 6.5. Ibaka's been playing really well in that center role. I don't think you can take Pascal Siakam off the floor. I think you he, can't. Yeah. So do you no. think Ibaka gets moved to the bench and Gasol's yes. the starting five? Yeah. And I'm slightly worried about that because mm-hmm. it seems like Ibaka really has found his footing this year. He, he, we were really concerned that he was on, you know, the downside of his career as well. Like yeah. He, because his statistical decline was considerate. Right. And you know, this year he's bounced back. Uh, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he at last time I checked he was at 16 point something, mm-hmm. uh, roughly something around around that, and. Moving him to the pe- bench, it could demotivate him a little bit, potentially. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe if you do it the right way, you might actually put a chip on your shoulder that isn't a negative chip, mm-hmm. but really like, okay, now now you just control the bench. Like you're the leader of this entire unit. Mm-hmm. You come in off the bench. You you can take as many shots as you, as you want. You're still our defensive anchor coming off the bench. You're like, you are our... MVP bench guy. Like, maybe they can just put him in a role where he feels really comfortable and understands, like, moving forward, yep, this this is the way forward. This is the way we're going to win by yeah. me being this leader of the second unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That should be the hope, at least. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know what Nurse will do. I'm, I'm Again, I'm really excited to see it. And it might just be, like, a matchup thing. Like, maybe he switches it if you're going against Joel Embiid, Marcus All starting. If you're going against a smaller, more mobile center... Serge Ibaka mm. starting. Oh, like having Mark come off the bench? Yeah, maybe. I, you know, I, I get that you know, Marcus Hall is viewed as this, uh, you know, the, the, the prototypical professional, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But he's got a lot of pride. I mean, yeah. we shouldn't overlook Gasol 
as, yeah. as a prideful character. Like, I don't think that necessarily would sit well, even though I completely get where, where you're coming from. And uh, and honestly, this is a, a topic we should broach in a, in a different time, but, but because really, you know, when you look at football, fo- proper football, right. um, you know, yeah, uh, lineups change depending on matchups and, and uh, you know, a, a multitude of different reasons. Right. But in basketball, there's this set ideology of, hey, we should have the same starting five moving forward, where right. instead of it being dynamic, mm-hmm. it's, like, written in stone, which is just dumb. Right. It's usually, like, the panic move you pull when you're down 2-1 in a playoff series. That's when you make big changes to a starting lineup. Right. I, yeah. I, you know, you, you should definitely be more flexible with your starting units. Right, and I, that it makes me wonder if Nick Nurse is going to be kind of that innovator if he's gotten this team to buy in to the degree that it, you know, that he can go to Marcus All or he can go to Serge Ibaka and say, look, like, we have a real shot at a ring. Like, Mark, this is your best shot at a ring since the early 2010s. Like, yeah. you have to buy in. You know, you're still going to get paid the same amount of money. Uh, you just got to... You're still going to get shots. Right, right. You just yeah. got to do what we say. I, I think the another low-key good part of this deal for Toronto, uh, Gasol has the $25.6 million player option for next season, which mm-hmm. TBD if he picks it up. But even if he does, him and Lowry will both be expiring contracts next year. So even if Kawhi yep. leaves this summer, you could still hit the pedal on a rebuild pretty quickly. Oh, I, I'll take it one step further. You can trade Gasol if he picks it up. Yeah. Because like you have alluded to for over a year, I'm repeating myself, a lot of desperate teams out there. <laughs> a lot so, of desperate. I think there's even, after this, there's going to be even more desperate teams. I think this week yeah. was the worst possible outcome for teams that were gearing up for runs at big free agents this summer. I, I have sort of a hot take. Okay. If Kawhi leaves uh-huh. and he signs with like the Clippers. Yeah. I, th- I think Gasol could eventually, if the Lakers strike out, be their backup plan. Ooh, I don't even think that's a hot take. But, like, imagine, you know, the Lakers fan base promising, yeah. or, or Lakers ownership and management, like, basically promising, hey, you know, if if not Paul George, then Kawhi, and right. if not Kawhi, right. then Anthony Davis, and, yeah. like, hey, presenting Marc Gasol. Yeah, here is a 34- or 35-year-old Marc Gasol. <laughs> With all due respect to Marcus Hall, because he's great. He's awesome, but yeah. like... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least he fits the time frame of LeBron James. That's true. Yeah. And he would be great in Space Jam, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we already talked about the Tobias Harris deal in our last episode, but Philly yes. was not done there. Uh, early in the day, they acquired James Ennis from the Houston Rockets for the right to swap 2021 second. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in 
Cleveland, Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Round picks. We'll talk about the Rockets when we get to the losers. Uh, then, 20 minutes before the deadline, my big mouth, I went out on Twitter. I was like, it's really quiet on the false front. This is suspicious. And then four minutes later, Woj tweets he's going to Orlando. Uh, they sent him for Jonathan Simmons, a top 20 protected 2020 second round, or first round pick from OKC, which they originally acquired when they sent Jeremy Grant to OKC. And then they gave that pick up for Pesechniks in the 2017 draft, <laughs> as if the Markel Fultz selection alone was not bad enough. They also pissed away a future first-round pick for a guy who's probably never coming to the NBA. But they got it back, so Elton Brand undid some of Jerry, uh, well, Jerry and Brian Colangelo's damage. They also got a second-round pick. It could be It's the best of four teams, but it's most likely from Cleveland, so it's going to be somewhere in the 31 to 35 range. But that 2020 pick, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, that could convert into second rounders. Two seconds if it doesn't. Two se- oh, yeah, two yeah. second rounders. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yep. it's it, there's a risk that this is a fake first. There is a strong risk that it was yeah. a fake first, yes. That, right. Which was the... At the it, that, I think this was the first fake first that Colangelo got, and then he got another one for Nerlens later, mm. which is exciting. Yeah. So... I mean, the faults, the, the NS deal, I have, whatever. It's, that's a total low-risk gamble for a second-round yeah, yeah, pick swap. That you can't be mad about that. Insignificant. Let's move on. Yeah. Right. Faults deal, what do you think about that? I saw your reaction. You posted your reaction <laughs> on Twitter, which is great. Yeah, there, I, I have a GIF. There is a yeah, GIF. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that was on the return. I, okay. I, I actually went back and looked. I thought that was my reaction to learning that he had gotten traded. That uh-huh. was actually my reaction to looking at the return of the trade okay. because remember Voj actually uh, tweeted out first that he had gotten sent to, to Orlando and right. then it took him a little while to <laughs> yeah. get the actual details out. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was sitting there going, oh, Ter- Terrence Ross. Yeah. That's Terrence Ross. Yep. And that was the guy I was thinking that would just make the most sense. And then Jonathan Simmons. I'm like, wait, what? what? What's going on right now? And I, I mean, look, if that was his value, I'm sure he was shopped around aggressively. And mm-hmm. if that was the value, then fine, take it. Um, it, it was not the package I, I expected. And it just goes to show that, that his value really and, and the, the, the whatever happened to his shoulder injury is significant in, in terms of teams not really wanting to take on that gamble. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. If you can't fleece Orlando, <laughs> Orlando, then it's bad. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is more than I expected back for faults at this point. Oh, I, really? Yeah. I think it was just the hardest player to gauge his trade value. I had no idea. I agree. Like, I, I didn't think you were getting a first-round pick back from Markel Fultz. Fake first. Well, yeah. But even still, <laughs> like, I, I mean, OKC right now I think would be... You know, they're I think they're in the top or outside the top twenty. So it could be like Well, it's next year. Yeah, yeah. But I mean they're not gonna get they have most of their key guys locked up, I believe, beyond this year. So mm. Yeah, and Russ is only gonna get 
Oh yeah, that's the thing. He's gonna get. He's actually gonna get worse, probably. Yes, that's that's what we're not we're not bashing Russell Westbrook today. No, no, no. <laughs> but I'm saying like if you're a Philly fan, you actually become an OKC fan these right. days. Right. Yeah. Well, because like Paul George is just supernova, and Stephen mm. Adams is great. Jeremy Grant's only getting better. Like that, regardless of it, whether it's a first or two seconds, even getting three second round picks for Fultz is honestly better than I thought they would. Now, yeah, no, that's that's a fair perspective. Yeah. yeah, the Simmons, I agree that like Terrence Ross was the guy. If I if they were trading him to Orlando, that's the guy I was eyeing. But it sounds like they gave Orlando a choice that was give us Terrence Ross, or if you f- insist on Jonathan Simmons, you have to send that Colangelo fake first pack. And yeah. it seems like Orlando still wants to contend for a playoff spot. God mm-hmm. help them. Uh, so. Terrence Ross, who is actually more useful in that, that regard, uh, stayed in Orlando. They, I guess they'll try to re-sign him this summer in Treadwater, which sounds perfectly Orlando. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so now I think is where we can rank the East because Boston didn't do anything of consequence. They got rid of Jabari Bird, which whatever. I guess it frees out a, a, a roster spot for if they get someone on the buyout market. Mm-hmm. So now you got four teams in the East. Toronto, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee. All four of these teams are, are legit threats, I think, to win the title. Well, maybe Title not, or win no, the East? Yeah, you win the East. Win the East. I right. think at least one of them is a legit threat to win the title. But how do you have these four teams ranked for this season alone? I kind of feel that the three trades that improved these teams slot Boston down to four. Mm, okay. Not because, like, let me just clarify. Not because Boston were inactive. That right. I mean, that doesn't matter. It's it's it depends on their play. I just I I'm looking at Marcus All, who is such an influential player. I get that he's not averaging Anthony Davis numbers, but his influence on a ball club, defensively, offensively, being able to be a passing hub, like it is. It, he he's he's the type of player who you know kind of weaves himself into a team, like the entire structure of a team. Yeah, and just becomes extremely valuable mm-hmm. without having these you know insane stat lines right that is going to be such a drastic uh improvement for toronto mm-hmm. at the same time i want to say the exact same thing with near with nikola miracic just without the whole weaving himself into it part <laughs> just by being this dynamic free three-point shooter like now you can actually go to your bench and and have a very com- competent offensive unit on the floor Right. And like you said, you alluded to it previously, like they can they can play all sorts of lineups now. Mm-hmm. So if there were moments where they were kind of like lacking in in offensive output, that's done now. That's not going to happen again. Yeah. Like Nico is a you know, a valid scorer and he's also a pretty good rebounder. And here's the thing people don't really know about Nico he's actually not the worst defender either. Like I, right. I get that I think that's the whole, you know, you know, European part once again. Yeah. Like, yeah. But he's a versatile defender. Like, he can guard the post. Mm-hmm. He can actually guard on the wing. Like, he's not a bad defender as well. So, there's a lot of hidden value in Nico that also comes out. Like, he's not just a gunner. Mm-hmm. And he also has an uncanny ability to get to the free throw line, depending on you know the how you, how you actually put him in in the right situation. Right. Like under Tibbs, he was excellent. Excellent at getting to the line. Yeah. Under Budenholzer, I have a feeling that could actually happen again. Yeah. His, so Embiid yeah. like stole his pump fake from the three point line, except Embiid yeah. <laughs> a lot goofier when he does it. But that was like Nico's thing. 
He was so good. Oh yeah, at the, that. he he got yeah like people made fun of him, but he got people up in the air yeah. like constantly. Right. Everyone, uh, yeah, bit on it. Yeah. So, absolutely. Uh, I I think those two are. I think those two are probably the furthest ahead. I don't want to mm-hmm. put Milwaukee necessarily in front of Toronto. Ooh, okay. No, no, no. Here, here's the thing. It's because what I said about Gasol. Yeah. Like, you just don't really understand. Like, none of us really understand just how much he actually does for a ball club. Yeah. And if he comes in immediately and just kind of says, you know what? I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to bring the leadership. I'm going to do everything. And if he's just universally accepted by that whole locker room right off the bat, mm-hmm. then they're just going to keep running people over until they meet Golden State, honestly. But if he doesn't, and it takes some time, because after all, he is a little bit older, so and he might be a little bit more stuck in his way. He hasn't really changed teams before. Like He's been in Memphis his right. entire career, so it's also a, an adjustment period for him like on a personal level. Yeah. And then you have Milwaukee with Nico, who not only makes the change from you know Chicago to New Orleans, he also made the, the change from Real Madrid, you know where he was a, an adult, obviously, to... to uh, to a different country in, in the States and to the Bulls and all that. So I think he's probably a little bit quicker to get acclimated to new situations. Yeah. So it's it's a toss-up for me about those two. Those two could be equally as good. Hmm. Okay. And then you have Philly 3. I have Philly 3 because Harris is a significant upgrade. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he comes in and just... He's going to bring the, the, the spacing... Anything he's going to bring the versatility, you know, at least scoring uh, versatility. But that bench, I mean, you didn't get Terrence Ross. That was one of the I things. Know. And and this bothers me to no end. Wes Matthews yep. is, seems to be going to Indiana, which, yep. like, what are you doing, Pace? We can talk about that in the loser section. Um, so I'm not really completely in on Phillies because of their lack of depth. Yeah. I want to know who they get in the buyout buyout market before I kind of put them on the same tier as Milwaukee and Toronto. Yeah, so I I think I have Milwaukee as the clear favorite in the East. I'd oh, clear, clear favorite. Yeah. I, really? Ka- Kawhi's quad worries me a little bit. I mean, oh, that's fair. Hopefully, load management keeps him healthy for the next two and a half months. But that, yeah, that's always in the back of my mind. Kyle Lowry. He's been sulking all year. He was just included in trade rumors. I feel like he's at at any point he could just like go off on Masai Ujiri and just throw a temper tantrum and like, who knows? Uh, I think it's gonna be harder, as you said, to incorporate Gasol than it is Mirotic, just because Gasol's gonna need to be a fulcrum on defense, and it's just gonna mm. take him time to adjust to his new teammates. Whereas Nico, like his whole role is gonna be stand out of the corner and shoot threes when Giannis passes it to you when Bledsoe passes it to you or when Middleton passes it to you. I think it's easier to slot in those guys with specialized roles than it is these like right. centerpiece type of players, which is also what makes me nervous about Philly. Like getting Jimmy Butler, you know, they've had him for three months and like there's been some real growing pains with that, both offensively and defensively. Now you blow up your entire bench, you add Tobias Harris you're starting from square one again. So you have two and a half months before the playoffs start, not even two and a half months, to like develop chemistry, get your system in place. Except now, instead of adding, like last year, they added Ilyasova and Bellinelli, who were more in the Miritich 
side of things where it's easier to incorporate them. Tobias Harris is a big piece. So mm-hmm. Brett Brown really has his work cut out for him. Um, as you said, the bench, I, I still have less confidence in Philly's bench than I do anyone else uh, in the Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston group. Yeah. Um, they still don't have a guy who can reliably defend the point of attack unless you ask Jimmy or Ben to do it all game. Maybe Jonathan Simmons is that guy, but I'm... I, I well, why to... can't you ask Jimmy to do it now? Now you sh- he should have the energy for it because of the offensive output yeah, that you have in Harris. I think Who was it? I think it was on Inside the NBA last night where they were saying this. Like, this whole thing comes down to Jimmy Butler, basically. Like, the, both the short and long-term success of the Sixers comes down right. to Jimmy Butler, which is terrifying. Because, yeah, as you said, Jimmy doesn't need to take on such a large offensive role anymore. Like, he should right. he should play, like, a rich man's Andre Iguodala for the Sixers. Yeah. Which sounds like heresy, because he's Jimmy Butler, and he's, you know, a top 15 player when engaged. But he needs to focus on defense first. They have enough offense now with Tobias Harris, too. Right, you're not saying he should be, like... He should give up the offense. Right. Like, I get what you're saying. Just, just, just to clarify your comment, so people don't go like, "Hey, Jimmy Butler shouldn't average seven points a game." Like, right, that's right, right, not right. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> he should. So he should be like their primary wing stopper first, and right, then he'll average right. an efficient somewhere in the high teens. But he doesn't yeah. need twenty plus shots. So your point about Kawhi's quad is actually fair. I kind of ignored that a little bit because it seemed like he'd gotten it out of the way but you're right it's it what it's one of those issues that could actually kind of lurk yeah. and and show up again so mm-hmm. that's fair i'm i'm just going to be positive and optimistic <laughs> Good. about him and his health and and toronto as a whole and and assume that's fine with with the kyle lowry thing i don't know man i think i i don't think it hurts to get a marcus all in there because by all accounts he's also like a great teammate Mm-hmm. Who really understands like how to communicate with his with his his peers and his guys and all that, and he and Kyle Lowry are both in, like in the same age bracket as well, so I think they'll find a lot of common ground. Yeah, and then going into like the psychology factor a little bit here with the Sixers, mm-hmm. I actually think getting you know these deals out of the way kind of helps Jimmy because now Jimmy isn't the new guy. Now yeah, he isn't that yeah. one guy who's like, oh, I was one of the last, you know, acquired, whatever. Right. Like, now he's like, oh, I'm part of the core, you know, hey, hey, new guys, I can show you around, whatever. Like, th- that could actually help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible. I, I, it's, I think until we see how it plays out on the court, I would still put Boston ahead of Philly. But I think Toronto and Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee's on a tier of its own. I think Toronto's on a tier of its own below that. And I think Boston mm. and Philly are three and four. And with all due respect to Indiana, losing Oladipo, I just don't think they can win a seven-game series, even though they got Wes Matthews. So I think I think those are the four that advance out of the first round. I Really, I think Brooklyn's probably the scariest team outside of those four. Like yeah. that's, that's the one team, if I'm one of those four, I'm trying to avoid in the first round. Cause, I get that. Yeah, I get that. They're just like too young and confident and don't know better, and that's that, that, <laughs> that makes them a scary team. Especially Karis Levert's coming back now. Yeah, you know, they're gonna get Dinwiddie back before the playoffs start. Like, they're they're a scary team. Uh, yeah, I like. Well, that's that's that, that's the youth advantage, isn't it? Yeah. Like sometimes you don't really know what you're getting yourselves into, and that once in a while, that's a good thing. Right. 
we we need to move on to other winners, but I do briefly want to tease. I have an article going up on the basketball writers today about Philly's short and long term future because I've like become persona non grata on Sixers Twitter this week because I I've been like I've been the one guy saying hey hey this is great and all like they have a lot of stars but like Butler and Harris could leave this summer so there's a huge amount of risk in this strategy. And if they mm-hmm. resign these guys, they're going to go into financial ruin very quickly. Like their their luxury tax payments are going to be in the tens, if not hundreds, of millions as yeah. soon as the following, not this coming season, but the season after that, when Ben Simmons' extension kicks in. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not convinced that building around a big four is a viable model. I know Golden State did it, but that was just such a unique set of circumstances from. Steph signing the blow market extension off his rookie deal. Clay and Dre getting their extensions locked in before the cap boom. The cap boom giving them Kevin Durant. But even now, if, like once all of these guys in the next year or two, people were writing articles about this two years ago, you know, if KD stays, which he's not going to, but if he and Clay stayed and if Dre stayed next year, they'd be paying taxes on North. I think next year they would be paying two hundred million in tax alone. So mm-hmm. the Sixers owners have said they're willing to pay it, but Tillman Fertitta, who we will talk about, also said he was willing to pay it. I'm yeah. just not convinced that you could build around four max guys. So we'll see what Unless happens. you have an ownership that are willing to, to basically foot the bill. Is right. that what you're saying? Yeah. But even still, I think it's just so hard because you, you're so limited in the way you could build your bench around those guys. I just don't think right. it's viable unless you're the Spurs and you can like get valid contributors with the 29th pick every year, in which case like that helps. But you just have to be so good at nailing all of your draft picks, the guys you sign with the mid-level every year, finding mm-hmm. valuable ring chasers that will sign for the veteran minimum. I, I'm just not convinced this is a viable model. We'll see. Maybe they get Jimmy and Harris to resign for less than the max this summer. I doubt it, but... It's yeah, possible. That's probably not gonna happen. Right. But I I just wanna like I wanna be out there in the forefront of like, hey, this is super risky. Let's not downplay that. Because it feels like a lot of Sixers fans are just like, Oh, we're we're good for the next five years. We got Jimmy, we got Harris. I think what ends up happening if they do re sign Jimmy and Harris is that they trade Jimmy in a year or two. I think it's that the could only, happen. Yeah, I think it's the only way yeah. you make this work. The thing is though, we agree that the hardest thing to acquire is a star. Yep. Or, you know, a difference maker doesn't need to be, like, a star, but someone who is wildly influential on the win-loss column. Mm-hmm. All right. You got that. Yeah. So, like, if your biggest concern is rounding out the bench, uh, there are, like, 10 to 15 franchises right new flipping you the bird. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a. I mean, yeah. it's, like, a first-world problem to have, but... When you're going against a historically great Warriors team this year, and you're looking at you know Boston that could get Anthony Davis this summer, and Milwaukee that mm. has Giannis and now has bird rights on all of their free agents, it's just something you have to. I mean, who knows how much tax Milwaukee's ownership is willing to pay? Like, the the, the East could be wide open. It could not be. We'll see what happens there, but. I, I just it's something to keep in mind when you're discussing the Sixers moving forward. It's but like, you can control different franchises, though. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, I I get why they did it. It's just, yeah. I, I'm very curious to see how serious the Sixers owners are about paying yeah. tax and paying as much tax as they're going to need to, to keep these four guys together. I I also think there is a component here where you know the the whole process was to create a very long term window. Yeah. Like a a Dallas Mavericks starting with the career of Dirk window, like that lasted almost twenty years. And then suddenly that entire process kind of got jumbled up a little bit. And now you are looking to re-sign a guy who is going to be 30 this year in Jimmy right. Butler, for example. Right. So so the narrative and the entire setup of, of, of this, you know, talked about window has changed dramatically so. Yeah. So so every one of you guys, like, who spent years going, oh, I can't wait for these guys to become <laughs> prime players and all that. Oh, oh, now we, we flipped them for guys who are ready to win now. Right. What the hell is happening? Like it's 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 a it's a really big change yeah. from an organizational standpoint because it means a lot more money on the cap, obviously, because veterans just earn a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right that you have to nail your draft picks and you have to nail your free agent decisions. But that's also the name of the game. Everyone needs to nail their draft picks and sure. needs to make the right contracts. So uh, I don't think you have it. You know that you have a harder job. I just think you need to be more uh, conscious. About- Are you looking for a rewarding career that pays well and offers vacation days from the start? If so, then drive for Penske. Penske is hiring safe, experienced truck drivers to operate their fleet of more than 300,000 vehicles for dedicated routes. Join our Penske team and drive the difference. Talk to a Penske representative today to find out what jobs are available in your area and apply now. Call 855-CDL-PENSKE. That's 855-235-7367. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. What'd you do? That's a perfect transition because Zach Lowe, on uh, you know they had the Woj and Lowe special on Wednesday, and I they really did. I loved the way he described Markel Fultz. He said that he was patient zero of this whole this whole r- drastic change in Philly's team building strategy. Because if Markel Fultz mm. remembers how to shoot, if he doesn't have this weird shoulder issue. They yeah. probably don't make any of these moves. Agreed. So now, if we're talking about winners, I think Orlando is a winner because they gave up nothing of real consequence. And they, look, it's, who knows what's going on with Markel Fultz? I've been trying to figure it out for the last 20 months. You know, right. who knows? But if, if this thoracic outlet syndrome, if that was really what's hampering him, if he's making real progress behind the scenes, if he comes back to be even 70% of what he was coming into the draft, Orlando just got a steal. Mm. Like, they've been looking for their future, their their franchise point guard for how long? You know, since, like, Agreed. they th- they were hoping Alfred Payton was that guy. He was not. They have not had a viable alternative since. They, I mean, they've gone most of this decade without an above-average point guard. Now, who knows if Fultz is going to be that guy, but they're in the position 
they're in a media market that doesn't care about the magic all that much they're like the yeah. no one i mean you know all we we barely talk about the magic the only time we do is to joke about who they're going to give away next like yeah. he, he's going to get to recover out of the spotlight which i think is the best thing for him so i genuinely hope for his sake that he does kill it in orlando i like i hope he comes yeah. back and turns into the markel fultz that was coming into this you know coming into the league last year because that player was incredible and that player if he does come back really raises the ceiling for this orlando team yeah and if he does become that guy then they they're a winner but right now he's a question mark so i can't put them in the winners category okay that's fair i i think they're in the unknown future winners perhaps (laughs) i just think like it's such a low risk high upside gamble that no matter how it turns out they gave up nothing of real consequence well, we agree on that. I'm just yeah. saying, like, you just don't know yet. Like, that's, that's you, you, I don't think you can declare them winner right now just for taking a good chance. Okay, that's fair. We already declared the Clippers winners after the Tobias trade. I think they're even more more so now because they, so they, they got Mike Muscala in the Tobias deal. Then they flip him to the Lakers for Michael Beasley and Zubach. They've waived Beasley, but they have Zubach, who's going to be a restricted free agent this year. That That's just such a hilariously bad deal for the Lakers and such a good one for the Clippers. Like, you get a flyer on yes. Zubach, which is great. And Muscala, let me tell you, I watched him all year. He's washed AF. Like, he's not... I mean, mm-hmm. he'll be fine for the Lakers because, like, they suddenly pivoted and realized <laughs> they need shooters, which he is more so than Zubach, but... Like, I'd much rather have Zubac moving forward, especially yes. given where these teams are. Like, the Clippers are clearly looking ahead, and they're saying, like, all right, now we have a viable pathway to two max contracts. And they, they cleared out even $2 million more space because they sent Avery Bradley to the Grizzlies for Garrett Temple and Jamichael Green, both of whom can help their playoff push this year if that's a goal after the Tobias trade and both of those guys are on expirings whereas Avery Bradley was owed two million guaranteed next year like I the Clippers I mean like the the Raptors and Bucks and everyone in the east you know for keeping up in the arms race they did well but I think the Clippers might be the biggest winners of the deadline just because of like how shrewd Mm. they proved in terms of asset management I just want all the Danish Clippers fans to listen to what you just said because they are all crying their eyes out these days. Really? And like, yeah, because they waved Marcin Gortat uh, as well. And, and it's yeah. like, oh, Gortat is gone. Tobias is gone. What's happening? Because they want to win now. Where Why? Like, yes, that's the question that I'm asking too. <laughs> so, so, guys, listen up. I mean, because I agree with you all the way. And Subach is good. Yeah, like he's he's legitimate good and and like what the hell did the Lakers do? Like they <laughs> took a Anthony Davis trait acid right away from the entire compilation. Like what? Well, because I guess if he's a RFA, he's not an asset after the deadline. Depending on the salary he's gonna get, though. Yeah, but you couldn't flip him right away. You could do That's like true. a sign and trade, but that you can't. He wouldn't. It, that would have been too complicated. Which I think is the reason. They moved him rather than one of these other pieces, but yeah, that's true. I just, I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans are like sticking to Davis like until December. Even so, like the, that the right offer has to be there for him. 
Yeah, well, I think the Lakers' offer got weaker for sure, but that, that'll come. Down <laughs> That's to, smart. Yeah, that'll come That's down to smart. what Boston is or is not yeah. willing to offer this yeah. summer. But either way, like the Lakers deal was the the deal from the Lakers perspective was just weird. Yeah, uh, we had a Lakers fan on the live stream last <laughs> night. Okay, was sitting to my left, yeah. and he he literally lost it. Like we actually had to like, hey. Go get a beer. Oh, really? Go get a beer. Yeah, he was, he was livid. Um, and oh, he was livid about times. about the Zubac deal in particular. And he like, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he, well, I thought, no, oh yeah, he wasn't livid about Davis. He was yeah, livid okay, about like okay, Zubac. Okay, like, yeah. it, you know, just what what was the entire point of right. that trade? Right. right. I think, yeah. I think it's literally <laughs> just to add shooters because they realized their team building process this summer was very flawed. And so they added Bullock and they added Muscala, and they're going to have to hope that's enough. Like, if LeBron James can force himself to care enough to not want to film Space Jam 2 in late April. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, well. I think Sacramento's the other big winner for me. I think getting Harrison Barnes for only... Like, Justin Jackson has upside, but aside from mm-hmm. that, they only give up Zach Randolph. Like, the Kings are trying to make a playoff push, as well they should, because, you know, the Clippers deal really opened the door for someone to sneak into that eighth seed. I think mm. it, it seems like it's unclear whether Barnes is going to opt out. He has a $25.1 million player option, I want to say, for next season. Mm. It's unclear if he's going to opt out. It sounds That's like, the same number I have in my head, so it's okay. probably that okay. one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds like they want to work out a long-term deal for him, but either way... Like, I think this is what, you know, we, we said this on the podcast earlier this week. Like, this is what the Kings should do. They're not going to be a free agent destination. Go steal an Otto Porter. Go steal a Harrison Barnes. Go steal a guy who could be signed next year for a hefty salary figure, but you're not ruining your long-term financial flexibility. You're making yourself theoretically better now. They also were in a three-team trade where they sent out Shumpert, they got back Alec Burks in a second, and yep. that was the Marquise Chris, Brandon Knight, all that good stuff. Like, Shumpert has played surprisingly well this year, but I think Burks is also going to be, I don't think that's necessarily yeah, a huge net negative. I, I think it's probably... He's under- a perfectly fine rotation player that you guys would actually need. Like yeah, that, I Alec, know. Like, he would be an instant upgrade to the Sixers, for example. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's a perfectly fine rotational player. Yeah, and if you're... Like, Shump has started 40 games this year, but if you're getting Barnes, you're moving him into the starting lineup. So, I mean, Shump, his oh. role would have been cut anyway. Um, they also flipped. So explain to me why did people crab on the Harrison Barnes deal for Sacramento? I think they just think Harrison Barnes is bad. I think that perception has just lingered because he's like, <laughs> he's American Andrew Wiggins, I guess. And like, he's just overpaid. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he's overpaid. Right. But he's going to be, like, I, I think he is going to be useful in Sacramento. Like, I think in right. Dallas, he was miscast as this number one option franchise savior. He's not that type of player. But in Sacramento, he doesn't have to be. Because you've got right. Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox. You have Marvin Bagley, who's been coming on as of late. Like, Harrison Barnes can slide into a more complimentary role. And I think he's going to be good in that role. 
Yeah, I, I agree entirely. Look, when we talk about these players, like Andrew Wiggins, who who we've been very hard on on this podcast, right. like let's not pretend that he's not offering anything. Yeah. Like, he's still a productive player. It's just a matter of, you know, the, the contractual status right. and the role that he's getting. Like, if, if Andrew Wiggins or Harrison Barnes are one of your two primary players, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you're probably not in a, in a great spot. And if they're earning the kind of money that they are earning currently... Yes, that's not great, but with Barnes, not for Wiggins in this instance, but with Barnes specifically, like, worst case scenario, he picks up his option, and that's one year. That's yeah. one year yeah. after this one. Right. It's fine. You can live with that. Right. What you can't live with is, you know, with the Wiggins contract, but we've been down that road, so yeah. this one is a lot better. I just I don't get the hate. Yeah. I really don't get it. I, I don't either. I, I think they're in better position now than they were four days ago to make up the playoffs. Right. Now the thing I think I think sorry to interrupt, yeah, I just yeah. think like the, the Bogdan Bogdanovich angle, that's the one I think is interesting because a mm-hmm. lot of people said, Well, why not just, you know, make Bogdan your, your full time you know, small forward and forget the this whole idea of going out and getting a three man. Uh-huh. Like I can I can see the logic in that. The thing is, Barnes actually played a lot of power forward in Dallas, but almost exclusively it's it's in the end. Mm-hmm. So you can you didn't get just a a small forward type personality or player because Harrison Barnes can't play that. Yep. But you also got a guy who can move up to the four. Yep. So you provide the team with some flexibility. Like yeah. I just, yeah, I I don't see the harm. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, we'll see what happens this summer if he declines his option and they sign him to a five year max deal. Then I will rescind every nice thing. Then I, said I about then him. I see the harm. Right. <laughs> right. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because. Aside from right. passing on Luca, they have made some surprisingly smart moves. And <laughs> Minor thing. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Small detail. All right. Do you want to flip over the losers now? Or do you have any other winners? Uh, no, I think we... The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Old moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. I think we're there. Okay. So the Los Angeles Lakers, I think, are the biggest loser of the trade deadline. Not only the Muscala deal is whatever, but they spent the past 10 days trying to force the New Orleans Pelicans to sell Anthony Davis for 45 cents on the dollar. Mm. They failed. Now, this summer, as you said, they're not going to have Zubac to offer, and they're now going to be competing with the Boston Celtics. They're going to potentially, like if the New York Knicks win the number one pick, they'll be competing with the New York Knicks or whoever wins the number one pick. If Chicago wins the number one pick, maybe Chicago jumps in the bidding. The point is they face significantly increased competition for Anthony Davis. You know, Davis is trying the whole, I'm not going to sign 
re-sign anywhere except for LA thing in 2020. I don't think Boston's going to be deterred by that. I think the Boston Pelicans thing comes down to, are you offering Jason Tatum or not? Yep. And we'll we'll see what happens there because Danny Ainge is known to say one thing and do another. Um, but I think yeah, but but I, I don't uh, I don't think he can do that again. I, I don't yeah. think that he can. You, you, no Boston fan will ever forgive him if he pulls this again. I would agree. I I, I think especially if that's if Kyrie is going to leave unless you acquire Anthony Davis, you have to pull the trigger and trade Jason Tatum. Yeah. Oh what even 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 if not it, it, if you even if we just look at this deal in a vacuum yeah it's Anthony Davis yeah. like we've been down this road like yeah. wh- who do you think Jason Tatum is going to be you think he's going to be better than than Anthony Davis in his prime right come on now yeah like yeah no yeah yeah I, I mean regardless if Boston puts Tatum on the table you know I know <laughs> Lakers fans that are trying to make it seem that like Kuzma and, or Ingram and Tatum are similar, and Kuzma and Jalen Brown are similar. Tatum's better than anyone the Lakers can offer, and and the, that's why they want right. to do it. And mm-hmm. and Boston could have as many as four first round picks if this year, if not, a number of them will roll over to next year. Like the Clippers pick would roll over, the Grizzlies pick would roll over. So those those are still assets they can dangle, and maybe Memphis wants to stagger. Maybe they don't want four or five first round picks in this year's draft anyway, because it's a crappy draft. Uh, I like I I just think the Lakers positioning for Davis got worse this week, and now they're facing the real possibility of you might have to waste another year of LeBron's prime to wait out Davis signing in twenty twenty or. You might have to use those trade chips on someone else, like a Bradley Beal or a CJ McCollum, because you can't, you know, because you can't wait another year. Like LeBron's <laughs> not getting younger; he just suffered his most serious injury of his career. Like you can't wait; you can't punt on another year. Oh, he would be so upset, and the entirety of Clutch Sports would be so upset. And <laughs> yeah. you know what? I would love it. Yeah, I would absolutely love it because I. I've, so last night I actually went on a twenty-minute rant. Really? About how clutch sports and and LeBron in particular are trying to be the puppet master of the NBA and uh, really yeah. trying to align the league the way that he saw fit, <laughs> and then a couple hours later, everything got confirmed in the All Star draft, right, which was my just God. that was just like the most you know transparent thing I've ever seen. You know, especially <laughs> the whole let me trade, Dude, you know, oh. Russell Westbrook for for Ben Simmons, like. I'm 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 so over that. Like LeBron is trying to just you know be king of the league yeah. and and be this whole thing. Actually, Ben uh, not Ben Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, I think actually talked about this on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was listening to it on the way home from Jutland today on on a four hour bus ride. Like they actually alluded to this as well. Like he he wants to be this guy who just controls everything yeah. from behind the scenes. Like when he's done playing, like he wants to own. You know the the agencies that players sign for, and just uh, like, oh, you should play here, you should play there, like just arrange the league like a script. And he, every, so right now, I'm like, every decision that goes against you, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, because you know he's probably gonna win out long term. Like, yes, oh, if, of course he will. Even if they don't get Davis, they'll get someone else most likely. Right. And yeah, oh, I I am from so a small mad. market probably. Yeah, I am so. 
effing mad at Giannis for making that trade. I, like, that was... I, I literally, on Twitter, again, it was like my, my second horrible call of the day where I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, Giannis kept Ben away from LeBron's recruiting tour, and then they come back from commercial. He's like, hey, I have a trade to propose. Like, oh my And also, God. he takes on Russell Westbrook. I know. Who Embiid hates... <laughs> yeah, that's I do. I am excited about that. That's gonna be funny. But I also wanted to see Russ with KD and Harden. Ugh, such. I I liked Giannis where he's like, yeah, I'll do it, but you have to throw in Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> and then like shout out to Charles Barkley who gets you know he's maligned a lot, but like I think Giannis's comment when uh when LeBron took Davis where he's like. Isn't that tampering? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was incredible. And then LeBron's like, no, tampering rule doesn't apply on our All-Star weekend, which was admittedly hilarious. But then Charles, when they were discussing that trade, he was like, hold on. I think, to be fair, Giannis should trade his whole bench for Anthony Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so happy that draft was televised. It was perfect. <laughs> It was great. Uh, it, it really was. Like that. That was one. I, that was. You know. Sometimes the NBA they get bad ideas, like the award show at the end of the year, which is god awful. I, re- I refuse comment on that. Oh, okay, that's fair. Oh, Turner Production. Yeah. I get it. Sorry. I think it's a great uh, idea. I think it should do yeah. it more. I think everyone yeah. should tune in. Mm-hmm. That's 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 fine. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but but this one, this was a winner. This was yeah. absolutely a winner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if anything, I just want to maybe like, I don't even know. I, at first, I was thinking like, oh, whatever. This is you know not. They they should do it live at All Star Weekend. But then like once LeBron just turned it into the Tampering World Tour, that it was just. I mean, he literally picked Durant, Kawhi, Clay. Kyrie, like every possible Lakers target, <laughs> Anthony Davis, who he's going to try to trade for, it was like he was shameless. It he was, was shameless. so shameless. It was incredible. Yeah. Oh man. It, yeah. That. So LeBron, even though the Lakers are losers, LeBron was a winner for that. Also, shout out to the Lakers for a big win at Boston last night. Shouts to Rajon Rondo, especially for that last. Second yeah, that shot. was that was that was something. Yeah, that was like yesterday was just such a wild day, and then the All Star draft was great. And I'm like, there's no way these games could live up to it. And then that that happened. I'm like, man. Yeah. On days like this, the NBA is just like I don't want to hear anyone say the NBA is not the best league in the world. Oh yeah! Oh like, no, for sure, for sure. So th- that the All Star Draft alone was more entertaining than the entire Super Bowl. Yeah, like I had so much more fun watching that thirty minutes than I did watching Jared Goff throw ducks for three hours. Look, remember when the Super Bowl a couple or that's that's more than a couple years ago? They had the power outage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baltimore Couldn't they just have had that this year? Yeah, please. That would have been so much better for all of us. Just I know. like. I legitimately, I, I we had friends over it, and I kept by the second half being like, guys, let's just watch last year's. I promise last yeah. year's Super Bowl was good. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is terrible. We know how it's going to end. All right. Uh, let's go back to some other losers. I, I want to group a couple teams together. and it's, All right. It's, Houston is the primary one, but then Washington and Miami also get in there. I'm going to call these the tax savers because... Houston, mm. I think, was the most shameless in this regard because yeah. Tillman Fertitta, their owner, this summer, you know, Tim McMahon and ESPN asked them, like, hey, uh, you know, you guys were one game away from the finals. Why didn't you try harder to retain Trevor Ariza and Luke Mbamute? 
why are you trying to go cheap and spend thrift on the bench? Like, why are you mm. signing James Ennis and Michael Carter-Williams instead? And Tillman said, you know, we have no problem paying the tax. I'm fine paying the tax. We think we can win now. Harden is taking on just a historic load right now. Yeah. They just sold off. Like, Ennis wasn't doing much for them, but to only get a second-round pick swap is not great. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, like, Brandon Knight was doing nothing for them, but to give up a first-round pick just to get out of his contract is not great asset management. It's not. And, I mean, it's just gross. And then, like, look, Baldwin and Stauskas, whatever. Like, poor Baldwin and Stauskas. They, I mean... They've just got shipped around. They must have spent, like, their entire week at an airport. (laughs) I hope their agents were just like, all right, just chill at your house for a couple days because you're probably going to get traded four more times. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I hope they did not come to each city for it to get, like, physicals. Get a new jersey. Oh, look, they should go on the Camarillo Anthony jersey tour. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That would have been amazing. That's true. Yeah, if I was Stauskas, I would have jerseys of, like, every team in the league by the end of this. Like Paul Shirley, who had his book, can I please keep my jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just yeah. 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 <laughs> but I just think it's like it's kind of shameless for a team that was that close to the yeah. finals last year to be prioritizing saving money. Hmm. I I agree. I mean, but what can you do? Like obviously, obviously, this was not a Daryl Morey move in that yeah, sense. Yeah. Like this was clearly. Oh, no. This was clearly, I mean, a mandate from ownership. Right, right. Yeah, I am not blaming Daryl Morey at all for right. this, to be clear. No, no. I, I, I'm just trying to clarify, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, you know, what can you do? I mean, what's the alternative? Hey, hey, you, the guy who cuts the checks? No, right. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> hey, the guy who cuts the checks, sell the team to someone who's not going to be cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think that's kind of the next frontier of, like, weak spots to exploit both in terms of ownership itself but like if, if i was a rival general manager mm-hmm. i would just immediately try to trade with all of the cheapest owners in the league or all the teams where i knew they were trying to duck the tax like i think they do already though i guess so like washington we'll get to them in a second but like i don't and then if on the other side of things if i'm an owner I would, I mean, like, I think that's going to be one of the Clippers' big competitive advantages this summer. Is like Steve Ballmer is just so filthy rich that, like, he could convincingly present the case. Like, I don't give a damn about paying the luxury tax. Like, I have $40 mm-hmm. billion. Dollars. What's $100 yeah. million going to do? Yeah. You know, like, come, come, Kawhi, come, Kyrie, come, Kevin. Like, yeah, you guys are going to print money anyway. You're going to be in such a big market. Like, I think a team that is just willing to suck it up and pay exorbitant tax for a few years, and we'll see if the Sixers are in that mold or not, Like that's going to give them such an advantage over a Rockets team that, again, like you have one of the leading MVP candidates having probably his best season, and you just, you're, you're making him take on even more now. Uh, then he can catch Mike, I guess. Is <laughs> yeah. the silver lining? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you guys are going to get knocked out in the first round of playoffs, but at least he's going to be back-to-back MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I, look, you, you said everything right there. It, it, it was horrid, and it, I don't know what to say about Houston, honestly. They just had such a down year compared to last year. Yeah. And now they're Derek Rosing, James Harden. Everything just seems to be a little bit out of whack. Yeah. I don't like where this season is heading. I don't like where the fatigue level of James Harden is heading. I don't think I, I actually think Harden in some ways are playing two years in one right now. Yeah, totally. Which is just not great for his longevity. Right. Uh, I, yeah, Houston right now, to be perfectly honest, it seems like a bit of a mess. Yeah, they're playing with fire. Yeah, because like Chris Paul's not getting any younger. Oh no no no, he's like he's old. Yeah, and it's a problem, and he's he's always picked up these nagging injuries, and right. that's not going to lessen as he as he grows older. Yeah. Yep. And then get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back to school styles for kids and baby. Get flip flops for two bucks, graphic tees for four bucks, shorts for six dollars, and jeans for eight dollars. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid size prices. Just two, four, six, and eight dollars. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in store Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Washington, too. Like, I, you know, we said the other day they should be sellers. The John Wall injury changes everything. They, there's no right. point in keeping Otto Porter. Markeith Morris, they also flipped for... Uh, they gave up a second-round pick, didn't they? Yeah, they, God. <laughs> they gave up a 2023 20, second just to get out of Markeith Morris, and they took back Wesley Johnson. But mm. they sent Porter to Chicago. Which you had been right. advocating for for months now. Yeah. For Jabari for Parker. Right. For yeah. Jabari Parker. Chicago also included Bobby Portis and a 2023 second round pick because no Chicago Bulls trade would be complete without giving up a second round pick unnecessarily. And that's why they're not losers. Yeah. Yeah. So Washington, yeah. that is. Yeah. See, I don't know. That's still, they didn't get anything of real value. I'll, don't underrate Bobby Portis, though. I know, but they have Bobby to sign him. Bobby Portis Yes, they do, but can we agree that in in this current climate where the the cap is likely going to be increasing still mm-hmm. and for this year where there are a lot of teams that are desperate mm-hmm. like if they can lock him into a decent deal that is not completely going to hamstring them moving forward mm-hmm. like then that's fine besides they can lock him into you know they'll they'll probably lock him up to four years three or four years mm-hmm. Like, what are they going to do anyway with John Wall? Like, with his contract being there, like, if anything, they're a loser because John Wall is out for a calendar year. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, and that really screws them over. I, I think Casey Johnson of the Chicago Tribune reported yes. that Portis was going to seek somewhere in the neighborhood of $16 million a year. We'll see if he actually gets that much. But I guess yeah. the Bulls offer him, close, like, four years, 40 or $50 million, and he turned that down prior to the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm with you in like. That's a major difference, by the way, when you think about it. Forty to fifty million. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, yeah. That's a huge difference yeah, over a, a four-year. Yeah. Two point five million a year, no big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have an extra two point five million dollars a year. That's Just cool. lying around. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, he'll be cheaper than Porter. But like, they're still, I think, going to be bumping against at least. They could be bumping against the luxury tax if they re-sign Porter, they re-sign Sadoransky, which makes me think in a year's time they're just going to be in the same position where they have to spend the second-round pick just to get rid of a guy, except they're almost out of second-round picks because they've spent the ball to get rid of guys. Well, here's the thing, though. Do we agree that a lot of teams get fooled by raw stats? Yeah, absolutely. Do we also agree that Bobby Portis is a guy who can absolutely put up huge raw numbers? Oh, I mean, who else is there except for Bradley Beal now? Well, just ignoring that. Yeah. Like even even on a permanent basis when yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. you know, fighting with four minutes with Mark and whatever. Like Portis is a highly productive stretch four who can play spot minutes at the five. He's mm-hmm. look, he's a he's a horrendous defender, <laughs> but he's a very good rebounder. He's mm-hmm. a very good scorer who can score inside outside. Who's also got a very stable free throw percentage. Yeah. Like, and he's he's what 23, 24? Uh He's young. Yeah. Or he's about. Wow. Happy birthday! Happy early birthday, Bobby Portis. He turns twenty four on Sunday. All right. Perfect. So twenty four years old. They're gonna get him in 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 the initial start of his prime. Mm-hmm. So even if they sign sign him to a deal that looks bloated right now. Then imagine if he comes in next year, averages 32 minutes, scores 21 points a game, and grabs 10 rebounds. Yeah. You know what he becomes suddenly? A trade asset, and a a significant trade asset. Yeah. Even if his his overall value to the organization has not changed, but only, you know, his volume has, Mm -hmm. look, that's that's enough for some teams. I guess it comes down to how much Washington is willing to shell out for him, or if they're at all, like... I, if he walks, they got nothing for Otto, which does not seem great. But but that was the idea I had initially. My idea was Porter for Parker. Right. Simply right. because, hey, salary dump him. Yeah. Exactly. Because of the situation that you're in. So yeah. I, when I advocated this, I would not look at that. Even if they had not gotten Bobby Portis mm-hmm. and a second-round pick, I still wouldn't have put them in the loser's uh, category because, mm. look— what are they going to do anyway? Might as well free Otto Porter. Yeah. Just like I know. Just move him on. I, I don't even know if I want to call Otto a winner, though, because he's going to Chicago. But Oh, yeah, right. But at least at least it's something else. Yeah. At least it's not John Wall yelling in his ear. Now it's Jim Boylan. Which... Oh, great. Yeah. And, and also, that's why I'm actually putting the Bulls in the loser category. Not for okay. this trade specifically, even though I actually think they ended up overpaying for Otto. Mm-hmm. And also, I've seen like Bulls fans comment to me like, "Hey, you advocated for this." No, I didn't advocate for the inclusion of Bobby Portis. Like that matters. <laughs> He's yeah. not in some insignificant throw-in. Yeah. Nor did I propose a second-round addition. Like, right. Right. Like, hey, context, guys. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but but the thing is, I mean, they are. I, I think they were walking away with something that is actually. Yeah, 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 or the Bulls. Sorry, they're, they're walking with 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 uh, Otto Porter, mm-hmm. fine player who yep. who will undoubtedly make them better. But mm-hmm. they guaranteed them themselves not getting significantly better because they also removed Bobby Porter from the equation, meaning you just took another scorer off the table as well. Right. But they're a loser because combined with this, which you know, I, I, for this trade specific specifically, I wouldn't put them in the losers category. Mm-hmm. But combined with the fact that. 
John Paxson came out yeah. and actually said, well, Jim Boylan is going to be our head coach next year. Uh, like, more or less making it official. Uh, That's why I put the Bulls in the losers category for the trade deadline. Because yeah. this is the first time we've actually heard that this is going to be the case. Like, <laughs> really, they alluded to it previously. Right. But now, it was in a very official context. Yeah. That makes them losers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought Zach Lowe said it well. Otto, like, I thought Otto would have been perfect for Sacramento because they're a team that's on the rise and they're actually competitive right now. Otto is a guy you plug in on a good team to make it better. He's not the type of guy who's going to be, for how much he gets paid, I mean, he's going to be the highest paid player on the Bulls. You would think he needs to be, like, a number one option. He's not that type of guy. He's never going to be that type of guy. He's a great complimentary player, good 3 and D guy. I mean, he was shooting over 40% from three each of the past two seasons before this one, I believe. He's not going to score 25 points a game if the Bulls expect him to break out now that he's away from John Wall. I think they're setting themselves up for disappointment. Um, well, it's the Bulls. Yeah. I mean, I understand their logic and not, you know, they see we have Markin and, 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 um, Carter Jr., like, we don't want to spend $15 million on a backup big in Portis. I I get that logic, so yeah. I don't totally hate the deal. And, like, you know, I did see Paxson say, like, we're realistic right now about where we are. We're not going to be attractive to big free agents yet. So, like, this is basically pre-agency. And it's, like, it's similar to what Sacramento did in that regard. I think they just right. they made their big free agent splash in February instead of July, which I think is smart for both teams. Um, I guess my my issue with Washington is if you're going this route, why trade for Trevor Ariza two months ago? Yeah. Well, I, I think at that point they just had different expectations for yeah. the season. Yeah. I, I just think there's no like long-term strategy in Washington. I think this... Well, nor in Chicago. Like, yeah. for him. <laughs> They're Fair. perfect trade partners, really. Fair. And, and just to wrap it up from, from Chicago's perspective, because you just said like the... There was, there's really no reason to pay that much money for a backup big. I agree. Uh-huh. But then you don't wait until the final half year of his rookie contract mm. to trade him. Like then you trade Bobby Portis before this season. Like you knew what he was. Mm-hmm. Like obviously when when you're looking at the last window of trading him, yeah. like you can squeeze the price if you're the opponent team. Like that that's logic. Mm-hmm. They would have gotten more in return if they had traded him prior to the season. Yeah, and it's sure. this lack of foresight that is, I, uh, you know, for Bulls fans is is very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, where do you put Memphis? Yeah, so I saw you actually had them in the loser section, and then you put a question mark after them. I think yeah. the question mark was a good touch because I frankly don't know. I I love the addition of of Valanciunas. Yeah. And I think he's so young, and he's also on such a good contract that it kind of fits with their timetable of, mm-hmm. of Jaron Jackson Jr. as well. Not, he, I mean, yeah, Jonas is is what twenty five, so yeah. he's not he's not exactly on the timeline, but he's definitely a lot closer than Marcus All. Right. And he's, um, yeah, he's got a seventeen point six million dollar player option for next year. We'll see if he picks it up or not. I have no idea. Right. No, I mean because he's playing so few minutes, obviously that would be difficult to to go out and as a, as a different team and go oh you played 18 minutes a game like let's play, play let's give you a million dollars per minute you play a game like yeah. that's probably here. not going to happen like <laughs> lakers but but the thing is 
now he's in Memphis, so he's probably going to get hopefully a ton of minutes. Yeah. Uh, preferably, I, I actually want to see him crack the thirty-minute threshold. Yeah, like, I give know. him thirty-two minutes immediately. We've just been caping so hard for that. Yeah, I just want to see what he can do. Yeah. I just want to see what he can do while unleashed. And you know what? It might be a good thing. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I, I'm I'm necessarily there in terms of putting them in the loser section. I mean, is it is it is it losing if you get a productive young player back? No, I, I mean I, it's it's more the Temple and Green for Avery Bradley trade that yes I don't understand right. that at all. No, that was bad. Yeah, that was bad. No, but, I, I, mean, I think they got they got a better return for Gasol than I thought they would. But yeah, I think the combination of the Temple and Green trade, mm-hmm. waiting a year too late to sell Gasol, and yeah. not moving Conley. I, I don't know what offers were out there, and maybe there will be better offers this summer, again, once teams get desperate. So I don't hate it. But right now it just feels like they're stuck in kind of rebuilding purgatory where mm-hmm. like they need to just move on to the Jaron Jackson Jr. era. And tra- I get I get it. Like Trading these franchise icons is painful, but you have to do it or else they yeah. depreciate as Marcus all did. Like, if you trade him a year ago, I bet you get more in return than they did right now. And that's with I all due respect agree. to their, their haul and to, the, to what the, they got. Because I think Valanciunas and Wright are both interesting, good players. So I, I would agree. But, but again, I mean, I just, I look at it, and I agree with the Garrett Temple and Michael Green for Bradley Deal. Like, that was just illogical. Yeah. Unless there's some financial component that I completely missed. No, they have to pay $2 million that's, more, I think. That's the thing. I'm yeah. very puzzled by it. But I think just the fact that they got a good return for Gasol kind of at least puts them on, you know, this line of blurring between, you know, losers and winners. Like they're just they're just made it outside the loser category. Yeah. But they're certainly not a winner. Right, right. right <laughs> like it's right. just because some of these teams, they like like Orlando, it's just like they land in the middle somewhere. Yeah. 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 I think they're there. That's, in that same It's where place. I'm at with Philly, honestly. I, like, I get it. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I don't know. My, my article is now up at the Basketball Writers, so anyone who's curious about why I'm so lukewarm on that, there, there are charts and all, all sorts yeah. of good stuff. So Go read Brian's article because he never talks about the Sixers on this podcast. Correct. Yeah. Well, that, that is 1,800 or so sleep-deprived words, so you'll, you'll really enjoy it. So you're even going to get really top-notch quality. <laughs> exactly. Hey, man, I proofread it three times. I stayed up an extra 30 minutes just for that. Because I was like, I definitely screwed this up. It's 2.30 in the morning. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, well, everyone, I hope you enjoy the trade deadline, All-Star Draft. It, we're going to still have some good stuff coming up. All-Star Weekend is next weekend. I know Morton is so excited about that. Uh, well, Oh, actually, actually... I am. Oh, not cool. not for the All Star game because yeah. here here's the I promised Bruce oh. that he's allowed to stay up not not for the All Star game on Saturday because he's sure. actually he's gonna have school on Monday right, but from the Friday activities and the Saturday activities uh-huh. he's actually allowed to stay up in the middle of the night wow. and watch it. We're we're gonna be making pancakes. Oh my god! And like yeah, like that do a whole fun. thing. Okay, so so I, I'm looking forward to that, but not Good. because of the All Star festivities at all. Hey, like, man. Just because of the Luca and Skills Challenge. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna enjoy the All Star festivities for like five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll we'll have a lot on that next week. I'm sure we will. 
Oh, man. We're going to get some sleep, but we will have more good stuff coming out shortly. So until then, follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. Please follow us on iTunes. You can subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. Thank you, Brian. You too. And just a final shout-out to Philip Johansson, who made our new logo. Yes. Which is dope. Yes. And we really appreciate it. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.